This is Kerry Wilson, and I'm on Brondos' back deck. Good afternoon, and welcome to episode number one. Here on beautiful W. Kerskaw Lake, it's a beautiful 68 degrees, and I'm with a good friend, awesome bass player, it's your distribution center, I believe, and uh, welcome, Kerry. Thank you, P-Bro, for having me. <laughs> anytime, anytime. So... You're going to from the worship team. That I am. Yeah, I I generally take the month of April off so that I can rejuvenate myself. It's hard to pour out what you don't have within. (laughs) I I believe that is healthy. I believe that is a good thing. Um, I do it once in a while, usually around July. I try to take a little time off myself just to get the juices flowing again and I don't know uh, if you do this too there's times where I will take months and not pick up a guitar I don't know I haven't done it in a while I play almost every day but there has been times in my life where I just take months off and then it seems like when I pick it back up it's just the juices are flowing again it's like things start coming back I, I really enjoy it sometimes, just taking a little break. Yeah, I absolutely know what you're talking about. There's Early on when, when my children were young, I laid it down and put it in the corner. Maybe not for a year, but right. definitely for a month at a time. And the beauty, in, for me at least, was when you pick it back up, like you said, the juices are flowing, but it feels it feels like everything's new and exciting again. Sure. Like rediscovering or rekindling an old flame. <laughs> an old long <laughs> love from from way back in yesteryear. I, I Curse you, Facebook. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shoot. So where does Carrie's story begin? I mean, uh, I've seen, I don't know a lot as far as, I've seen Colts apparel. Um, I don't know if that's an Indiana affiliation somewhere uh, or or. Where does that all start? Uh, actually, Carrie Wilson starts in Indiana, born in okay. a small town, small town outside of Fort Wayne, called Kendallville. Uh, we left there when I was one, so really the only ties I have to Indiana are the Colts gear and the <laughs> birth certificate. Ah. I grew up in New York State, upstate New York near Rochester. I went through kindergarten on up to eighth grade. We moved to a city called Corning when I was in the eighth grade. I finished out high school at Corning Painted Post East High School. And that was in New York also? That was also in New York. Yeah. Okay. The Southern Tier. Corning being of glassware fame. Really? Yes. Yeah. Where Corning. the Pyrex and and Corningware were made. Hmm. So, you got a lot of Yankee blood. i sure do (laughs) that's not a bad thing um i never played for them but (laughs) well (laughs) you probably wouldn't be in ravian falls or boomer if you did no that's cool so you moved out and after high school and where'd you go Uh, i moved to conover north carolina when i was in high school i had an apartment with a friend we were pretty great friends and we worked the same job 
I'll call it a dead end job, but we'll maybe get back to that. Tom Massey was the first true boss I had, a short, fat Italian guy. I learned a lot about my work ethic from from Tom. I'm grateful to him eternally uh-huh. for instilling all of that in me. The short Italian fat guy. Short Italian fat Put it in there, guy. huh? Cool. <laughs> and uh, Mike was my friend's name. He he moved to, to Conover mm-hmm. where his dad lived. And because we had the apartment together, his dad extended an invitation to me to come with him. And I thought I was 18 years old and a dead-end job. I've got the rest of my life to fix this if I screw up. So what the hell? <laughs> so what the heck? Let's go to yeah. Conover. And so I moved 650 miles away from home. Wow. And that caused me to have to make it or break it. Right. Right. There's something about spreading your wings and just got to go. Mm-hmm. See how it goes. And, yeah, you're going to fly or fall on the floor, so <laughs> one or the other. But absolutely it took off. Of course there were several trials and tribulations, but right. it was a great time in my life and it was a horrible time in my life at the same. What do you mean by that? That was the was first it? time I was truly away from family. Right. And far enough away from family that you again you can't go crying home. Right. Um, and Thanksgivings and Christmases and, and everything else is kind of on your own and tough to go back up and it's far enough away that it's a hike to get back there and back in those days before the <laughs> the era of cell phones <laughs> the long distance bills were killer too in the golden days yeah, yeah. i remember those long distance bills they are t- <laughs> nobody <laughs> not many people remember those the younger guys what yeah we well, had to pay for long distance <laughs> yeah sometimes like 15 20 cents a minute or whatever it was it was that was pretty wild, but so that's cool. So uh, you ended up in Conover, and I'm assuming that's what you were 18, 19. I was 18 years old. Okay, and then you went off, and and uh, where did the UPS thing come in? Mm. At that time, I was working in furniture. Uh, a friend of mine, his father, he worked at a place, and they said uh, they had told me they were hiring, so I put in an application was hired on and okay. I was there for a few years. Was that in Conover also? Yeah, that was also in Conover. Okay. Um, there was a gentleman from Wilkesboro who lived or uh, worked there. He lived in Wilkesboro and at a later point in time I I left Wayne and Mike, my uh-huh. my friend and his right. father and moved into Wilkesboro. Well, granted, that doesn't seem like a logical move because <laughs> it's 42 <laughs> miles one direction and, right, right. you know, furniture does not pay the greatest. I hear you. What <laughs> were you doing in furniture, like upholstery or? Uh, or? Packing and shipping. Okay. So, so it was, a, it was a, <laughs> a nice transition to UPS when you were shipping. <laughs> yeah, ama- uh, I'm amazing. Sure, I don't know if they had any correlation <laughs> or similarities, but um, that's interesting. So... You moved to Wilkesboro after the UPS, you get, get on with UPS, right? Negative. I I was still in furniture when I moved to Wilkesboro. Oh, okay. Um, what caused you to do that? Just the living situation. Okay. Uh, the gentleman I referenced earlier, his, mm-hmm. his wife, he and his wife had marital troubles. She moved out. 
he had the kids and he needed somebody to help make the bills so i, got I moved up here right. paid him a little rent and helped him out while he's going through that time sure. yeah all right okay so tell me about like growing up in new york your folks they they still around they they yeah they're very much around both okay. my parents are still alive still yeah. married after 44 wow. years well it'll be 44 years sure. in may awesome um they taught me a lot about life, mm -hmm. about work, uh, about family. Okay. I love them very dearly. Good. I don't know what else to say about <laughs> them. <laughs> yeah, you have siblings? <laughs> Pardon me, I do have, I have one brother. Yeah. We were very close growing up, and when I moved away, I think there was a little bit of resentment on his, well, on his behalf. Right. I've. I often look back on that time and think that I, I, uh, I may have rejected him, not rejected, but he may have taken it that way. Yeah, right. that was absolutely not what my intent. But right, is he older or younger? No, or? he's he's younger. I call him my big little brother. I got because he's way bigger than is me. He a big boy. Does he play instruments too? He does play bass. Does he? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Where did the bass thing start? Um. You know, I I learned <laughs> to play bass as a. It wasn't a trick question. <laughs> <laughs> no. Wasn't meant to be. Where did it start? I was in a project band called Thirty Some, and that was two brothers and two friends. The brothers being Tracy and Todd Turner, and two friends Mike Tripp and myself. We got together, and at first I was playing guitar and Mike was playing guitar, but we didn't have a bass player. Tracy played drums. Todd sung. So I took on bass responsibility. Mm -hmm. That's roughly 2003, and it was uh, basically born out of necessity. In '03, that would have been, I mean, that 15 years ago. Absolutely, was 15 years ago. So it wasn't like you were eight years old, picked one up, sitting on your bed each night, rocking out to Getty Lee, and <laughs> trying to figure out these. <laughs> bass lines and it, it kind of came later yeah yeah it came out of necessity now i picked up a guitar when i was 15 okay. and played guitar off and on from 15 till that point in time and i still do sure. dabble in it right so what would you say you enjoy one over the other truly i do i i really do love to play bass mm -hmm. it's something about the the rhythm something about the low end the feel of it versus right. the uh, the sound of it it's it's more about feel with bass the thumping in the chest the yeah feel it kind of like a, a drum set with tonality <laughs> that's a good way to put it for sure what uh do you have like a bucket list of bases where it's like if I had the money these would be my this is what I get I mean I think I know I do for guitars but I didn't know as far as bass players go if that's kind of a thing too or is it just no you know that's a, whatever I want like a finished jazz master you that's know, an excellent <laughs> question I really like the idea of having a 
five string P bass. I don't like the styling of the J bass. There's the little angle of the 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 back bout and yeah. it's not something that appeals to me. I, I like the squared off yeah. Fender precision. Those are I mean tried and true, man. Those things are Yeah. Sweet. And they I have not I can't remember the last time I've seen a five string P bass. They do make them. They do make them. Uh, you know, currently I play the six-string Ibanez with the fan frets, and I, I love that. I love that guitar. Yeah. But there's something. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to find the right word. Something. There's just something musical, um, tonal, primeval about a five-string P bass that. Yeah. What. The P bass really goes back to the roots. I mean, they're some of the first yeah. out of the gate. Um, some of the greatest riffs ever written were written on a P bass. Written on a P bass, <laughs> absolutely. I know, like I said, Getty Lee, is he's got his custom now, and I did pick one of those up, and they are cool. They're slick. They seem to fly through the finger. I don't know. There's something on, on the gloss on that maple neck. It seems to, to play real good, although I know it's – sacrilegious for me to talk about fenders but <laughs> the bases are are pretty good they uh i really do i think they're probably i, I know they're top notch they're way cool and p bases are just they've been around forever like you said the top players are playing those and they just got a tone to them and it's awesome what about amps like um you know for us guitar players we're all about the tube and i don't know enough about the bass i'm gonna kind of display my ignorance but is it as important as important seems like you know i played bass the other week at church there and it was really cool but it's all direct in and you know it seems like they got those active subwoofers or something on the sides it really uh, when those things are humming man that is so cool i think it just just drives it but as far as amps go and rigs is it as important in a bass amp for the tubes, or is it, no, I can get a solid state to do the same. It's not as big of a deal. You know, I think tubes are important. Tubes add a natural compression to everything that they handle, and that's what gives the tube its warmth. Right. Of course, you know that as a guitar player. But it's equally as important in a bass when it's when it's rounding off the top instead of that jagged sharp distorted mm -hmm. peaks of mm -hmm. the sine wave then it it just gives a warmth that that is comforting to people i believe mm -hmm. the ampeg svt is one of the staples of of bass players everywhere uh if you don't own one now i'm sure you did at one <laughs> point in time okay yeah those uh what are they hark harky yeah. Hark, yeah. I've seen a lot of those being played, and, and they seem to have a pretty good sound. Punch, real punchy, I think. Yeah. Yeah. What about, um, you run a lot of compressors. I mean, what's your rig? I mean, go through that. Like on a worship morning or just at home, that um, kind of stuff. Honestly, at home, I use my laptop. I've got a Helix plug-in, Line mm -hmm. 6 Helix plug-in that I put into Reaper and I plug into a Focusrite 2i2, play the bass into that through the 
helix and my signal chain on that will be a compressor okay a let's see I go compressor equalizer um, there's a modulation effect just in case we're playing something kind of touch wah okay. effect uh, I've used it on occasion but it's a rare occasion I got you um, obviously the volume pedal and then I go into an Ampeg SVT model with a 8x10 nice. cabinet Nice. that goes out into my ears <clears throat> and that way I can use the planning center app play the songs that we're learning mm -hmm. for the week and then play my rig simultaneously right. so I know what I'm what I'm sounding or what I'm listening for the sound I'm trying to get that's way more complex than what I do. <laughs> I know that. I pretty much plug in. Uh, I will run. I will plug my ears, my you know, the sure in-ear monitors straight to my computer and play. Then crank up the amp, and then I can kind of pull out my ear a little bit to where if I if I have those shures in and I. You know what, I bought those about a year and a half ago and was just kind of playing regular headphones in on a Sunday morning. They weren't noise-canceling no, no, noise or anything. And now that I got those, which I'm being told by the other, and maybe you too were telling me that uh, those are okay, but you need, there are some high-end ones, in-ear monitors that are just smoking. But to go from what I was, you know, like a regular something you would work out with, headphone into my ear to to a noise canceling is like night and day it's a trip absolutely but wow. I, I can go into those in-ear monitors pull them out a little bit because if i have those in my ear and i can have you know i've got an 18 watt and if i crank it i mean the the whole neighborhood everybody on this water hears it but if i got those in-ear monitors in i can barely hear it so i got to pull it out of my ear a little bit but I can play simultaneously with the laptop in my in-ear monitor and then pull it out and listen to what I'm kind of playing so that's kind of what I do but <laughs> you've got a, you got a pretty sweet setup to know exactly where you're going I know we're playing one this week that mighty warrior from elevation and they have that bass uh, and it's kind of a drivey boom 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 and I they do they do it on the guitar and the bass simultaneously and it sounds like he's a little distorted or whatever do you run any distortions or is yeah there anything like that that's ever needed because i know when i played that week it was just in and away we went you know i wasn't i was focused <laughs> just don't hit the wrong notes let alone <laughs> whatever you, you do know, just, just don't suck just whatever you do that's my just don't suck whatever we do that's a big that's the key but yeah, absolutely. For elevation stuff, uh, a lot of their stuff is is driven distorted type tones. Um, I've heard they use the brick, which is a staple of uh, active direct box. Who makes that? Do you know? Uh, I forget. It now. goes into a direct, so it's a direct box into the mixer. Yeah. Okay. The brick. The brick. I never heard of. It. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a tube-driven DI, so active DI. So, again, we we talked about the compression of tubes and right. how it makes it warm sounding, or 
in that case the distortion it rounds off the peak so that it's it's overdriven rather than distorted okay yeah no there is a difference between the two for yeah. sure what is it an actual tube then or is it a tube like modulated tube no it's right. it's actually i believe it's 12 ax7 oh okay cool driven in that nice that sounds really good but when playing elevation mm. stuff i use the distortion because uh, it sounds more like what they're doing down there mm -hmm. um, i really love the elevation stuff right uh, <laughs> i own several of the albums right. i listen to it right quite often going up and down the road would you say you like them oh like are they your favorite right now the elevation the stuff that comes from elevation yeah i i find it very worshipful right um i like the the beat i like the the words really speak to me so mm -hmm. it's it's just something i dig i know we've discussed in the past kind of the differences between bethel elevation kind of hill song stuff and i've always been like well i don't know if it really is but now that i think when i especially like this week playing that mighty warrior song and, and i'm like yeah there is a difference between them and even in the guitar playing um the elevation style suits me a little bit more than bethel although i mean bethel's got some cool stuff too but um yeah just as far as stylistic approaches you know we've just <laughs> It's hard for me. I, it took me a long time to get used to the worship style of, of today with the reverbs and the delays. And, and I'm, I'm an old dog, but I'm slowly catching on. But when did you start playing worship stuff? I mean, when did, how did that all start out? Uh, truthfully, when I, when I started, it was, I think it was 2011. And at that time, Jonah Boston was the worship pastor mm -hmm. at celebration and i started going because of, there was a void in my life that i i felt like i needed to fill um at that time debbie hendrix invited me i'm grateful to her to this day for who's that De debbie hendrix debbie okay still grateful to her for cool. inviting me out because sometimes that's all it takes is that invitation yeah. sure so I went at that time. Tom Bartlett was the pastor, and after sitting there, I felt like I had listened to a college-level lecture, and it was interesting. It was a mm -hmm. whole new, a whole new development for me. But one aspect I didn't care for was the music. <laughs> <laughs> what, was, what was it about the music? I mean. I, what was going on at that time? That was I don't know. I guess time. every church service I had been to up to that time, it was open in the in the green hymnal to 842, and let's sing gotcha. "I'll Fly Away" or whatever it uh -huh. happens to be. <laughs> and uh, that was. What's wrong with "Be Thou My Vision"? <laughs> Nothing's wrong with it. <laughs> so there was a a rock and roll style music that i was i was really blown away by it and taken aback if you will i remember filling out the connection card usually i'm very skeptical i don't want people knowing my name or my sure. number or any of that and i i totally get that but in this case i i let myself go and i i contacted them said that uh i really appreciated it felt like a college level class and i was 
I was uh, thrilled to have been there. Jonah wrote back and said I was glad for the or glad that you came. You know, mm-hmm. Standard response, I know, but still, it meant a lot to me to have that response. Cool. And I wrote back that I was everything about it was great. I was still iffy about the music. And he likes to tell a story about me because here I am, the worship pastor, and he's, I'm contacting him, and what does he say? I love everything but what you're doing. <laughs> so was it the actual, I you liked the hymn stuff better, or it was the, the you said the rock and roll, I mean, it just wasn't good, or? I guess it was just not what I was expecting. Okay. You were expecting hymnal opened up to page 647 and yeah. play this and sing that. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. And the pianist will play. and Right, right. And we we'll will all sing. Got gotcha. you. Okay, so so you start playing in 2003, the bass. So had you been playing kind of at home just or in bands around town? or Every Saturday I played with a group called 30 Zone. Um where did you play? We often just rehearse down in Taylorsville. We have played out at... Uh, what was it like called? The Roundhouse? Or <laughs> what's the one, 115 that I've heard was so rough? Oh. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, uh, the Roundup. The Roundup. <laughs> That's right. I've heard that place was wild. I've heard it too. I've never played there. <laughs> I've, never I've never been there. I've heard some stories. <laughs> I know where it is. Yeah. Maybe okay. you and me will check it out one day. <laughs> I hear they oh they sold it and they might open it back up, but I don't know what it's exactly going to be like. I mean, that's what this town needs is a good honky tonk. <laughs> Personal yeah. opinion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What better reason to go to church on Sunday morning yeah. than, than all that sin on Saturday well, night? <laughs> I don't know. I like a good honky tonk, and it doesn't mean you got to go sinning. Oh. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, I know, I know. I've been to quite a few out in Wyoming that, man, alive. Some of the bands in there were just unreal good. And, and some of the two-stepping <laughs> going on, you you never, I don't know how them girls aren't dizzy and falling down the way, the way they get spun around there, but it's a pretty good time, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> we played several bars in the Hickory area. Oh, yeah? Um, played Oktoberfest. Sorry you about that. You need water? You got cheer wine, oh. breakfast, lunch, oh, and dinner champions right here. <laughs> What's in there? <laughs> uh, but we played the Oktoberfest on two occasions, and that was... that was Where, where was that? Hickory. Okay. Downtown Hickory. All right. Cool. So you started playing in 2003, the bass, and you played almost every Saturday, and there on and off and then you hop into the worship and um, how did you like it from there I mean you still enjoying the worship gig or yeah I really I enjoy playing the worship music I've learned so much more as a musician from mm-hmm. worship music than I did playing rock and roll to drunk people right um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I hear you I hear you. So, what? Tell me about this. I've been looking at this base of yours with the fan frets or something. Yeah, the fan. How frets. exactly does that work? Because these things are lined up, and it almost looks like a fan. Is the tailpiece 
fan also? Is that why it works like that? Yeah, the nut, the nut on the top, and the bridge are both they're <laughs> Co- well, cockeyed. Yeah, they kind of look bit. like they're at a ninety degree angle to one another, yeah. and I imagine if you took it out far enough. Yeah, because I would imagine that like the intonation would be off <laughs> pretty bad <laughs> if something wasn't going on between <laughs> the front and the back. Yeah, but what it does is it it offers the the low B string, you know, six string bass is B E A D G C. So the B is low, low. on a six string. So mm-hmm. what'd you say B E B E A D G C. It's tuned C. perfect fourths. That way you only have to learn, if you chord it, you only Dang. have to learn two shapes, a major and a minor. Dang. Hey, that's interesting. It is pretty. <laughs> that is cool. I'll be dang. I did not know that. What yeah. other basses do you have? Uh, I have a Schecter 5 string, Omen 5. Uh, I have a, I mean, a SR. Schecter 5, where did that come from? That was the first new bass I bought. Right. Played my whole stint with 30-some. On that. A Schecter. Mm-hmm. Where are they made? Oh, where's? I'm sorry, they were. No, you're. San Dimas, California. Oh well, it's California product. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it's. It's probably CNC'd in Korea, but. Yeah. Well. <laughs> hey, I. There's there's good things coming out of there too. There's some great things coming yeah. out of Korea. Now. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree. So that, so that's your other one. Is that you, your two bases? I have a. Third base, it's an Ibanez four string, an SR four thousand four, I believe. Okay, all right, well, cool. So, how many speeding tickets have you got? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Today? Uh, no. <laughs> no. Well. <laughs> Are you talking about the ones I that mean, I actually had to to no, I'm, earn points for? Or, no, or, I'm t- in total. Can you count them all? Uh, there you was a period in my life where <laughs> my lead foot and my wallet. Yeah. Well, my heavy foot lightened my wallet quite a bit. I got you. North Carolina is insane about their tickets and their fines. Yeah. I mean, I got a ticket. I was doing 50. This is We were coming back from camping. as Memorial Day weekend, and I was... I was like, Peyton. Peyton was with me. In the, I said, I got to go to the restroom so bad, man. And we were driving by the log yard. Like, I'm just going to pull in here. And this was a Sunday afternoon. We were coming back. For some reason, we cut it short. But anyway, I, so I was coming down by the sawmill. And there's a highway patrol. I was doing 50 and a 35. And she pulled me over. I said, man, I said, I, I work right here. She's like, well, then you ought to know I sit here. I said, well, you you see me every day. I drive 35 through the week. And she, that joker was $240. But and was that for improper equipment? or? <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, I, could, I said, boy, you sure do earn your money right here. I said, that's easy money, isn't it? She said, yeah, well, call the DA and they'll knock it down for you. Or something that's your first ticket here in North Carolina. And I thought. They knocked it down like 220 bucks or something, but it didn't go on my insurance unless. But I just couldn't believe how much ticket. I about fell over when she handed that to me. But anyway, so how many tickets on that? Uh, <laughs> over over my entire driving career, sure. probably 22. Oh wow! Have you had your license revoked? Never. <laughs> 
ever. No. We've been threatened. Tennessee threatened me. No. He said, if you get one more, we're pulling your license. I went to intern in Wyoming between my junior and senior year in college, and in Nebraska they nailed me. And I thought, oh, this is going to be the end of it. <laughs> I'm praying that the, that the states didn't communicate back and forth. And they didn't. I, and then I get, ended up getting another one in Wyoming that summer <laughs> and thought, surely it's gone now. <laughs> but boy, time went by. I never heard another peep. And I, I kept it, I kept it uh, straight in Tennessee, and they never did revoke it. But I did get a license saying, if you get one more ticket, we are revoking your license. That was insane. I went through a six-month stretch where I had four tickets over, over in Tennessee. But other than that. And then two, yeah, two that summer. I work in Conover, which is three counties away. I <laughs> there was a gentleman down there, who, whom we all affectionately call "Turn 'em Loose Moose." So when you okay. had a speeding citation, you would take about two hundred dollars and call "Turn 'em oh, Loose Moose" yeah. and. <laughs> Forget it ever happened. You want a friend with a name, turn him loose. loose for I'll sure. be honest with you. People gripe about money. It's only a money racket and whatever. I am a fan of that system because it keeps it off your license. It keeps it out. Yeah, you got to grease the courts a little bit. Yeah, right. I hear you. You're going to have days like that. I got you. I used to call them weekdays. <laughs> Every day that ends with why? Yes. Uh, oh man. So what's your uh, what's your go-to karaoke song? No. <laughs> the face lit up. I like Brandy. Oh, Looking Glass. Yes. <laughs> oh, One hit wonder. There. It's a good song. It's a good jam. I listen. I have uh, I have it on one of my playlists where I, I hit random while I'm mowing the lawn and it will pop on. Hey, that's a good jam right there. Yeah. So, what do you do in the off time? What, what do you, what kind of hobbies other than bass? Who has off time? Uh, yeah, I hear you. If you could do so, did you grow up? Did your did your dad hunt, fish, or what? What did he? What did your dad do? Uh, my dad is a nurse. Okay, he has cool. been for forty some years. Awesome. My mom was a nurse. She. <laughs> retired from it when they both moved to this state uh, as far as hunting and fishing his parents did his brothers did he couldn't be bothered with it and so i can't be bothered wow. well check it fishing he did do a lot of fishing did and he? he still does fishing okay but so far as hunting is concerned rifles right. guns couldn't sure. be bothered with it i got you does uh so they moved to this state they did when did they do that to be close to carrie and the grandkids uh, there were no Maggie. There were no grandkids at that point in time. Oh, okay. Um, that was roughly ninety six, ninety five, ninety six. Right. So they've been retired since, or did they pick up nursing here? Picked up nursing here. Okay. They just decided they liked North Carolina a little better. Yeah. Or are they running from the law? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. You know, my dad, I fought the law on <laughs> law on. Right. So, so they moved here in 95, 96. 
and you were already established here. When did you when did you marry Mags over here? Uh-oh. August 22nd, <laughs> 1997. 97. Yeah. Well, I'll be damned. And, was, and you were uh, here in Wilkesboro, I assume. Mm-hmm. Down <laughs> was there a shotgun involved? Well, there might be a story <laughs> of <No. laughs> I got you. No, I'm just kidding. Well, cool. Did you meet at a bar down in Hickory? <laughs> Now we met at a furniture factory. Oh, yeah. Before I What, ever... Key City? <laughs> no. No. It was Hickory Chair Furniture. Okay. All right. So you're both working down. Yeah. You were packing and shipping and you were. I was rubbing pack. She was rubbing and packing. Rubbing and packing. Wow. <laughs> Sounds horrible, <laughs> I know. <laughs> Sounds like an interesting first date. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's cool. That's awesome. So are you a, <clears throat> a toilet paper, when you when you hit it down, does the roll need to go that way, or if you spin it up, toilet paper comes out? Over the top and out yeah, the front. Yeah, yeah, That's Okay, the good. That's the way it should be. I like to call that the exo wipe because it comes out instead of the endo wipe and okay. goes in. All right. <laughs> so who does uh, most of the housework my lovely wife okay and my plumbing. beautiful assistant you, yeah you, all the handyman stuff that's that's definitely mags so are you a car guy at all <laughs> would you say <laughs> when i'm forced to be really you never got in really muscle cars or exotic italian sports cars yes really exotic British sports cars. My dream car would be an 84 Lotus Turbo Esprit. Okay. Love it. Those are cool. Is that a two-seater? It is. Yeah. I think I've seen a picture of one that was green, like a dark green. Like green with envy. <laughs> oh, wait, no, that's me. <laughs> right? right. So do you collect anything? Do you, uh, do you like to... Aside from speeding tickets? <laughs> <laughs> you need to stay away from those. <laughs> That's for sure. I have a, I don't know, 100 or so, 100 and a half shot glasses from various okay. points all over this country. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Where's the furthest away? Furthest away. Probably the one my brother brought me from um, North Pole, Alaska. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. That is a very long way away. Yes. Have you been to Alaska or he just went? No, he went. Uh, it was an interesting story where he, a friend of ours, a mutual friend of ours, got out of the Air Force. And at that point in time, I was a, a young and new father. Gotcha. Uh, he needed somebody to travel back with him, that is, Steve did. was going to drive from <laughs> North Pole down into Colorado Springs, where he currently resides. That's where your brother lives? No, that's where Steve, Steve. the guy in the Air Force, he he, needed. he went there. Yeah, they got a big academy down there. Mm -hmm. yeah. So he moved from North Pole to Colorado Springs, and the government flew my brother up there to, so they could drive back. Uh, that was a trip I missed out on because I was a new father, but, right. you know, that's so neither So he picked you there. up a shot glass just yeah. as a, got you, as a nice gift. 
<laughs> Sorry you couldn't be here, but yeah, brought you a glass. Here's your consolation prize. Yeah, it's your parting gift. <laughs> that's for sure. So where, <clears throat> where you, where's the furthest west you've been? The furthest west I've been. How about Elgin, Illinois? Midwest. Yeah. What were you doing there? I was picking up and delivering for UPS. Okay. They flew me out to midnight Chicago. Run? No, they flew me to Chicago land. They needed help. Uh, we took on an account that of a company mm -hmm. that had gone out of business. We had to deliver out all that freight, and so they were backed up, swamped. Mm -hmm. They flew me up into Chicago land, uh, picking up and delivering. So that's right. the furthest west I've been. You ever have a desire to go anywhere west? I think you would really like, like some of the middle of California, like some of these cool desert towns with they got old bars in them, and it's kind of cool. You know, I thought about it, but I, I really, I. Not that you're a bar guy. It's yeah. just kind of a cool, <laughs> dusty old, you know. <laughs> no, I, not implying anything. It's just. Yeah, I think you'd like it. It'd be kind of fun. Not, you know, anything bad. Yeah, it's just dry heat, and you walk in, and it's like, yeah, give me a steak and tater. And a tater. And a tater. Yeah. <laughs> no, nah, they're, they're fun. Never had a real itch to go anywhere else. Not really. I love the East Coast. Mm-hmm. I understand you grew up on the left coast, I mean I the west coast. I did. Don't hold that against me. <clears throat> you don't, you like neither? Uh, well, well, okay, would you rather go to the beach or the mountains? I would rather go <laughs> to the house. <laughs> <laughs> so you're kind of a homebody. Yeah, if I if I have to choose between the two, right. it's 50-50. I could. You, not one over the other. Not really. In particular. Okay. Depending on the time of year, I guess really that was a misnomer. If it's hot outside, I hate the beach. I hate humidity. It's not the heat, it's the humility. <laughs> no, it's the humidity. I can't stand it. You don't like that. But it's just as humid in the mountains as it is. Well, you got the dock down here. You just come on. Sweet. Jump on in. It's always open. <laughs> For sure. Maggie jumps in full clothes. I nice. guess it's better than jumping in naked. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good one, Maggie. <laughs> we were out here. One, people at home don't know. We had a big barbecue out here and had the boat going and tubes and kids out there. And Mag comes down. Well, I want to go too. <laughs> well, you got a bathing suit? Nope. Just jump right in. She's like, I'm going to jump in first, get wet. The way it's not awkward the rest of the time. I said, well. First I'd seen of that. <laughs> we need to plan those uh, a little. Uh, I'll let you know a little ahead of time that it's going to be tubing. <laughs> also, for those who who are listening. They, My husband's a procrastinator. <laughs> oh, there's says, a story behind this. She says that I'm a procrastinator. It had rained for roughly eight days prior to that, so <laughs> we didn't truly believe that it was going to be sunny going to have a lake day <laughs> i thought it was going to be chilly so we dressed for what uh, we anticipated the weather to be and right. that was jeans and a 
t-shirt. It ended up being a really nice day. It Everybody was. Everybody had a really good time, <laughs> including Maggie. Yeah. Tubing back there. So jeans on. Evidently, Jermaine Stewart was right. We don't have to take our clothes <laughs> off to have a good time. Oh, shoot. Well, that's awesome. Well, cool. Is uh, <clears throat> So what's next? What are, what's going on? What do you got planned this summer? Anything? Any trips? Any? Yeah, as a matter of fact, uh, Jonah and I, the aforementioned yeah, worship yeah. leader, we're going to fly into Fort Wayne the end of June for go back Sweetwater's Gear Fest. Oh, okay. It's kind of like yeah. the uh, I NAM bought my show. amp off them. Yeah. Yeah. They got really good customer service. They have excellent This customers. guy almost, <laughs> he called me, which the first couple times was cool. I mean, and he's like, yeah, I play all the time, you know, and how's your amp? Does it do this? You know, what do you think of this? And I was like, yeah, this guy knows his stuff. And I kept getting now, the calls have stopped, but after about the third one, I'm like, all right, man. Yeah, I really like the amp. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> no, but the guy was really nice. I was actually surprised how knowledgeable they were when they called. And Yeah. Then I bought, well, I bought the amp, and then I bought the foot switch. And, I mean, I was even getting calls about that. How you like the foot switch, man? I'm like, it's good. It's very switchable. It works. <laughs> switches the channels on my amp. It's great. Yeah, it makes no. it loud. It makes it not. It's yeah, awesome. Right. It's got a boost on it on the right-hand side. It's great. No, but you know, they do, in the summertime, they do uh, Gear Fest, and it's kind of like a NAM show, a mini mm-hmm. NAM show. And so we're going to fly up there and lay hands on stuff. Okay. Yeah. I, See, I my wife. You'll be allowed to bring it <laughs> much back. If you, if you didn't hear, she just said you can't bring it home. Just because yeah. just you touched it, don't mean it has to follow you home. That's right. Well, they do ship. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> It'll be cheaper than bringing it on an airplane. That's I right. guarantee. It, they'll ship it for you. I guarantee it. No, but uh, that's funny. So you got going up to Fort Wayne, Indiana. Mm-hmm. Uh, back to the old. Back to Carrie's uh, original spawning waters. <laughs> yeah. I may go see the tribal lands. Okay. Right. I may not. May not either. And then we may just sing a little karaoke. Oh, one night. As long as I got brandy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean the song brandy. Oh, oh, oh. yeah, that too. <laughs> uh, do you have a favorite... Mm, do you have a favorite song or worship song, a warm-up song, anything you like? That's my song that I like to play. I am thrilled anytime we can play Elevation's Exalted One. Exalted One. Mm-hmm. There are several bass runs in there that are just dig those. Just right up my alley. Right. Who's who's your go-to bassist like when you're like that guy? I like to ask people too like what because my kids are like nobody new is good is there anybody new that you listen to or anything in particular that's like yeah i just i found this out and it's awesome how new are you uh anything i may not have heard of what about the avenged sevenfold yeah i know them oh well then see my son went and saw uh i'm gonna mess it up judah and the lion jonah Judah and the Lion. I guess it's a Christian. They're Christian. They're not necessarily a Christian band, mm-hmm. but they're Christians, and apparently they're really good. He played me a couple songs, and I was like, oh, that's awesome. 
They sound real, a little folky for me, almost like a Mumford and Son, mm. but different. I mean, they're pretty good. He, he, a lot of people apparently really like them. But well, I didn't know if listen. there's anything that you've been into. No, I, I can't started uh, yesterday. I was mowing and put on some Blink 182. Oh, I haven't okay. heard them in a lot. I haven't listened to them. Some of that stuff, I'm like, yeah, that's good. I haven't done any of that in karaoke uh, since Christmas. <laughs> well, you're on a dry spell. <laughs> Yeah. No, I was like, oh, I like that. But is there a basis you like? That's that guy is Victor Wooten. Yeah. Some of those guys, or anybody love, in particular? Yeah, I love Victor Wooten. He he had a couple of videos that I watched on the YouTube, and he's got some very sound advice regarding screw ups and making them not so screw up. He like you say, you're only one, you're only one, one fret away one from fret being, away in, the right from being in the right key. <laughs> oh, that's funny. It is. His other, his other piece of advice is don't sit there like a deer in the headlights because then oh. everybody knows. Right. Incorporate it. Own right. it. Right. I had a, I, I think it may have been a, a Joe Walsh interview where I was listening to. He's like, if you hit the wrong note, just keep hitting it and act like it's the right note. He's like, so you just bend your strings or something. <laughs> yeah, I was like, well, that's something Joe Walsh would do. <laughs> Probably doesn't even know he's doing it at the time, but no, he, that's funny. That is hilarious. I watched Victor Wooten. He uh, he was playing with Bella Fleck, and they opened up for Dave Matthews Band. This would have been like late 90s. And that guy, man, he put on a clinic. I mean, they just kind of at one time just walked off stage and let him do his thing, and it was just. Yeah, uh, that's. <laughs> I've watched videos really of awesome. his rig. He has an amazing MIDI. Uh, right. Just, it's it's prolific. It's just the way that he integrates everything and all the the tap dancing that he has to do and. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing enough that he plays like he does, then to be able to play and do the tap dance is just pretty sweet. Yeah. Yeah, he. I I remember sitting there watching that, going, I don't know if I've seen anything quite like this before. <laughs> this is pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah, I know. You know, some of the I'm a big Rush guy, so for me, growing up, like Geddy Lee, it was just like, you know, I wasn't even into bass, but I'm like, I know that dude's just sweet. I don't know. To me, to me, that's the best trio of a band. I can't think of anybody else. When you got Neil Peart, who's one of the best drummers ever, in my opinion, and then Alex Lifeson on the guitar and Getty going at it, it's just. And I know, you know, and I get it. Getty Lee's voice is like, wow, man. Yeah. <laughs> so some people it just drives them crazy, but between the three of those guys musically, I'm just they're yeah. on it, man. So. The odd time signatures and the yeah the bass and the keyboard and yeah to me. Who who would be your one band if I had you were stuck on an island you had an album or a band that's all I could listen to the rest of my days on this earth is there a band is there somebody that is like that hmm. they're the ones for those of you listening this is my deer in the headlights <laughs> that's not supposed to have that look <laughs> my one band because I love so much music. It's hard to pick any yeah. one person, any one band. Right. 
like for me, it have to be like the Rolling Stones. The Stones. Yeah. Yeah. My dad was a huge Stones fan, and uh, does that mean he liked the Stones a lot, or he was a big guy that liked no, the Stones? No, he wasn't that big a guy, but he, <laughs> he would. He would get, he would get all those concerts on DVD and play them at the house. And we went and saw him in '94 at the Rose Bowl. That was awesome. Buddy Guy opened up, and so did the Red Hot Chili Peppers. So that was, that was <laughs> that's. Yeah, that was pretty sweet. It's a trifecta. Of <laughs> yeah, awesome. it was. It was, and the Stones came out. They were. That was a really good show. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. So the Stones, like for me, it'd be uh, like Zeppelin. I think, just because Jimmy Page is the reason I started playing. I mean, he. I saw. I saw him and was like, that. That's. That guy is awesome to me. He's the one that I'm. So I, I think it. if I had their whole album collection, I could get enough soft and hard to, you know, because you think if I had to listen to it just heavy metal, you know, if I just had Metallica, you know, I yeah. think I get tired of heavy metal every day. Yeah. No. You, you'd wonder where all the mids went. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Scooped mid sound. Sure. Now I. Insofar as Led Zeppelin, I like Led Zeppelin. I respect them, but <laughs> over the course of the years, I've just been—I like to call it lead poisoning—because ah. I've heard so much of it that really, yeah, mm. it's funny how some songs there you'll develop an aversion to after so many listens. I agree, but something hokey and well, like "Take on Me" by. Uh-huh. uh-huh that's uh, still to this day i don't turn it i don't know there's something about there's that you just let I, it ring out i huh? let it go but a, a zeppelin tune you'll turn off <laughs> it depends on which <laughs> one <laughs> i do agree that zeppelin's lyrics i somebody told me like what in the world is up with their lyrics i'm like what do you mean they're like it's about nothing and i got to listen i'm like no i think they're right <laughs> <laughs> jerry seinfeld made a hole living on that oh uh, on doing nothing doing a show about nothing that's right well zeppelin is doing very well <laughs> no but i think music like the riffs and stuff jimmy page would just come up with he was known for that it's just like yeah i like that stuff he's yeah. got some just catchy and uh, and some weird keys too some strange minor stuff and i, I don't know me personally i, I dig it but hey, man, it's been awesome for you to hang out on the back deck. Yeah, I appreciate it. Appreciate the the cool weather is beautiful out here. Hopefully, the breeze didn't come too harsh through the mics. But <laughs> we'll uh, we'll have to do it again sometime. Well, either that or you'll have to do it again with a more different guest. <laughs> well, I'll do that, but we can do this again too and uh, see what's next on the horizon. Sweet. All right, buddy. Because yeah, there's a whole lot of story that. Still is There's a lot of untapped stories <laughs> still <laughs> to do some podcasts. So I appreciate it, man. No problem. All right. Have a good one. You too.